Hello, everybody. Welcome back to In Star Trek We Trust, a Star Trek podcast. This week we're discussing episode 5 of Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Die Trying. I am Kevin, one of your hosts. And he's joined, as always, by another of his hosts, your hosts, Ethan. In person, finally. We are in person. We are across the table from each other. We're not a proverbial card table. It's a literal card table. Correct. We can spit in each other's faces if we want to. (coughs) Hopefully we won't. We won't. Hopefully. Yeah. So, I was trying to think of when we last did this in person, and I think it was sometime during the last season of Picard. I think, like, somewhere on the midpoint of the season. Yeah. We haven't been doing this in person since. Yep. It's been a while. I miss it. I just... So... One of the reasons I want to really push to do it in person is I know Kevin and myself and my wife, we've all been very careful mm-hmm. about our contacts. And plus, I can't take Zoom or screens anymore. Yeah, I've got my mask. It's fine. My, um, Not wearing it now, but... My job now being a teacher is so much of being on screen. Yep. And then this being on screen and then playing chess on screen. And I just need a break sometimes. Yep. Yeah. No more Zoom, man. I can't take no, it. No, I get it. I mean, I... I yeah. I was uh, thinking today when, like, wondering when the last time I actually went out and saw somebody in person. So it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It so, feels a little weird. I guess. I mean, I'm doing the same <laughs> thing. I mean, I have you know meetings over WebEx, so I get it. Yeah, yeah I totally get it. So, so before we dive into the episode, I think we have a little bit of a uh, um oh an, explanation to the audience announcement. I think or an unannouncement. You well, can call it either. Well, that's right. that's that's kind of up to you. Those for me to explain. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so. We had talked about launching Mandalorian podcast. Mm-hmm. We were pretty pumped about it, and we recorded the first episode, and we felt, you know, mixed about it, but you mixed know, pretty up. okay. Yeah. And then episode two came out, and I didn't love episode two. And to be clear, the second episode of Mandalorian, not the second episode of our podcast. Yes, yes. We still have not. We recorded the, first the second one. episode, yeah. yeah. So the second episode came out, and I didn't love it, and I realized that I started to question, do I really want to make a podcast where I'm going to be trashing a, a, a franchise that I really love and right. I have a great connection to, and do I right. want to add to the negativity of fandom that I think that the season isn't really working? Mm. And I started to have a crisis of confidence, as I called it. Well, I mean, we, it, we, we discussed this briefly at the end of our last episode, but... Um, I think a larger explanation was definitely in order because we this happened with the Twilight Zone podcast too. We we've announced these podcasts in the past before we actually get to recording anything, and even with the Twilight Zone podcast, I remember saying to you before we after after we made the announcement before we actually began recording anything, the show hadn't premiered yet, and I thought, what if the show sucks? What if I don't like it? Which we don't think it does. Oh, by the way, we don't think Twilight, the Twilight Zone sucks. I don't think it's um, maybe so. Knows. Well, the 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 <laughs> idea was like, what if what if I don't like it? What if I'm not into it? So yes. am I now stuck with stuck having to uh, continue with this? And a primary driver, at least for that one, was like, not only was I not a huge fan of the show, but you know, we're doing this podcast. We have jobs. It's difficult to sort of mm-hmm. right. So and. Back in, like, August when they announced Lower Decks and Discovery were going to be airing back-to-back and they said 23 weeks of Trek, while I was happy, I thought, fuck, that's 23 straight weeks of podcasting. So, yeah. yeah. So it was really just finding the time. But if you like the show, you're going to make time for it. Right. And I don't know. I think we're yeah we're pretty committed to Star Trek. Right. And that's why I think it's tough for me to get other ones going because you really have to be committed. Right. And well, and you also have to like the shows. Yeah, you have to like the shows, yeah. and I feel you have to offer something that you know, something interesting to the to the and conversation. I think when we launched this podcast back in 2017, this question did not really enter our minds. No, because we were. I don't think it did. Doing it to do it. I think we were just like we. Pro- I mean, it was probably just gone on set at the time. Like, okay, well, if we don't like it, then we just won't keep doing it. Yeah. Like right. we said many times, our origin story is we would have long conversations about uh, these things, and we right. said, well, hey, we should have a podcast and record these. And that's but, how it evolved. So what does this mean, I guess, as 
you the executive producer of the Mandalorian um, podcast? I think it means for now we're pulling it off the slate. Like we're like we're like DC announcing movies. Yeah. You just announce it, never happens. A Flash yeah. movie still waiting. Right. Right. Uh, so, Black Adam movie still waiting. Now, I don't know if anybody in the audience was excited for it, if yes. they were expecting it, if they just went unnoticed, fine. But um, I think you know one of the things that the idea I had was the strategy going forward is if we decide to do other podcasts, let's not announce anything until we've actually. Let's not announce announce it before we've actually seen the show, because we don't know how we're going to feel about it. Right, I know. That's see, that's but all right. So yeah, here's the tough thing. Obviously, we're not heavy hitters in the podcasting world, but obviously, I mean, you might think we are. So yeah, we're heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm telling more talking to Kevin and saying well, obviously we aren't heavy hitters, okay. but. If you want people to watch the show, you gotta get that promotion out early. You gotta like right. have it right. ready. So that's where I'm sort of torn. I think here's my suggestion. What if we, whenever there's a new show that we're thinking about doing, we do a trial episode on this yep. feed. Yep. Of the first, and then we'll see if we want to keep going. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. So low commitment. I I, I feel a need to apologize to the audience. No, me too. Me too. For the um, for the one person out there that was very excited to hear yeah. our take on the Mandalorian, yeah. Well, and you know, but also for the Twilight Zone podcast. Um, and by the way, we do have that other one, Primetime Oddities, yeah. which um, has not fallen by the way. I mean, it's fallen by the wayside just for the moment. But but like, it, yeah, it has no timetable. We haven't abandoned that show. That's right. The, that's the, that's sort of the we were dubbing it the fun show, but uh, but at the same time, well, this is fun too. But yeah, but when it's twenty five weeks of Star Trek, it takes away primetime oddities time. doesn't does not hinder on a new episode of a show coming out each week. So we kind of do that one whenever we feel like it. So and we will get right. back to that as soon as the Trek stuff is done. For right. A while. Yeah. And, interestingly, I saw an interview with an actress recently. I forget who it was. I wish I knew who it was. But she was saying how. Um, oh, it was actually okay. So it does connect. It was someone on Discovery. Yeah, someone on Discovery, and they were saying how they were so excited to work on Star Trek because their favorite actress was Lucille Ball. And they felt that by working on Star Trek, they had this connection to Lucille Ball because she was responsible for Star Trek being, you know, right. getting off the ground. But my thought was, does she love I Love Lucy? I mean, does she, does she love Life Are you talking Life about the actress Lucy? who played Nong? Because I think she said that to Will Wheaton. And okay, Raider. yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. Does she love life with Lucy? That's what I want to know. Well, our podcast will tell, we'll we'll tell tweet her at her. she should watch the show or not. Yeah. Ask her for her thoughts. Maybe we can revisit life with Lucy with the actress if she'll do it. That would be a big ratings that's, boom. That's, that's, that's more than okay. So. That's a sweeps week show yeah. for sure. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, we, we're pausing Mandalorian for now. Um, I think we need to sort of watch more episodes of the show before we actually make the the final call. Yeah. But chalk yeah. it up to creative differences. I think we also got on, I think we also for a little while got on a bit of a podcast high there because it was just the ease of doing it. We were like, oh let's do a podcast on this. Let's do something on that. And yeah. So. And really it's the Star Trek one's the one that keeps going, so Right. We are Which says a lot. telling us something. Which says a lot. Alright. Well Oddly enough, I think the episode of the of this episode of Discovery fit is fitting to what we were just saying. So, die trying is the name of the episode. We're mm. gonna die trying these <laughs> podcasts. Yes. So now, you told me in text because we chat briefly before we do this. <laughs> you thought it was fine. Now, for listeners who don't know, <laughs> those are things you usually you usually say when you come out of. You say it when you come out of the movies a few times. Like, yeah, it was fine. It was fine is like, I'm, Luke, fine. I'm lukewarm. Fine. Yeah. I, I saw it. I don't think it was a waste of my time, but I'll never think about it again. So I would describe right. the movies. Didn't leave an impact on you. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I thought this was mostly fine, but it did bring up some things that worry me. Okay. And do you want to say that now, or do you want to sort of I think um, address them as we get there? I think... So I think you sort of break it down to the main story, which is... Winning the trust of Starfleet and getting the seeds. Yeah. And that's the part that I felt like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. And it was mainly the 
Giorgio parts. Yep. Because now well, we talked about keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. And I feel like Giorgio is now keeping it complex. Right. Dummy. Right. Well, I have a whole. So what I so when you mentioned Giorgio, so that scene that she has with David Cronenberg, director of funny. director of The Fly. I actually want to dedicate okay. a time of, for the podcast of this episode to talking about that because I feel like there's a lot there's a lot going on. Here's the thing: if he's, he's known for body horror yeah. in his films. I wonder if it means he's going to be have some body horror going on. Keep not. your eyes peeled. I hope not. So not literally. Um, now, yeah, I I I did enjoy the episode. I I was a little I was a little turned off by the idea of having to win the trust. Of Starfleet. I mean, I think you said that you felt like last week. You're like, when they get to Starfleet, it's, you feel like it's going to be something like that. Like, oh, it's not going to be this like. I gotta say, I think I I called it. Yeah. Word for word, almost. I'm like, they're going to get there and they're going to say, okay, Discovery is property of Starfleet. We're taking it, and you guys are reassigned. Yep. And oh, that's pretty much exactly what happened for a little while. But but Saru basically nailed it on the head when Michael was like prote- protesting. He was like. What do you say? It's like it's no longer just us now. Like yeah. we're back. Yeah. So I really like too when he said uh, to her, <laughs> "You so you want to like essentially he said, so you want to go rogue? You know that when you do that, bad things typically seem to happen. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty biting. Yep. Oh yeah. When he said like, I would hope that you would have learned that lesson <laughs> yes. by now. So just beginning. So the beginning of the episode. Now I gotta say. It opens up with a captain's log entry, which I thought was so nice because I was thinking after I heard that, like, when was the last time I heard that on Discovery? I can't even think. Right. Like, yeah. I heard Pike had, say it in one of the short tracks, but. And we've had um, doctor's logs and Michael lo- diaries. And, but just like, yeah, just a straight up like captain's log star date, such and such. Like. Yeah, that was nice. I can't think of when we've last heard that on Discovery. So. Um, and I also thought it was nice to hear Michael referred to as number one again. Yeah, we heard number yeah. one. We, have we heard number one in the show at all? Well, probably from, um, from number Pike. One. Yeah, from that number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing that I feel like this episode is slightly glossing over, and I don't know if that's by design, because they do mention that line about Michael, Michael's mother. And I'm thinking to myself, is she, is she still important here? Like, yes. Because... Once they arrived in the future, we knew that's where she was. I would think that would be the first person they would try to look for. Like right. We're going to try to find Gabrielle Burnham. Uh, so, yeah. like, is this still important? Right. Well, so my note here is Michael wants info on her mother. Um, okay, I guess. Because she's been there for a year. Right. And this is just kind of... Seems, it feels her? like this is just coming up now. Yeah. And I also feel like it adds another element, which... Keep it simple, stupid. They're, fault, they're getting away from that. Well, because don't forget... When the episode where she was reunited with Discovery, I mentioned this on our on our episode back then that Michael basically, when she was reuniting with Saru, she said, um, "I contacted Terralysium. They hadn't heard of my mother, and I thought to myself, oh yeah, that seems too important to just not see happen." Right, and so that's another thing. And what I this reminded me of, it's like we didn't see it, we didn't see that happen, and we mm. didn't see her. No. Do anything to write. It's, a, it's you know, it's a somewhat character walks into a room yeah. and gives some information that we didn't get to see. Again. So, I, it, yeah, and so I don't know, I yet do not know, I mean, why would I know? If Gabrielle Burnham is going to be key in this season, I feel like she should be, but she's only being mentioned as sort of like a side comment. Right, which seems very strange. Again, seems it's a second side now, comment. But where I'm confused is, is this on purpose? Like, are they trying to lead us into something and then bring her in at some point? I feel like, I feel like we will see her. I just feel like she was too important to to fully ignore. But I also feel like she's too important to be treated the way the season is treating her. Like, there needs to be some kind of. I need to actually see this happening. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I hate to say it again, but I feel like everything with Michael, we don't know if it's poor writing or intentional right because is she did she do something terrible during that year and now she's a changed person yeah 
I don't know. Because don't forget, the goal for them getting into the future was we, we need to land on Terralesium. That that hasn't come up at all. Well, they okay, so that's another one. They delivered. Okay, I gotta just bring it up one more time. So it's like when Spock walks in and says, yeah. "There's two red angels, and hmm. one of them is Michael's mother." And we're yeah. like, "Wait, what? Huh?" Right. Um. So yeah. And they got the little bit like so. Our whole point is to go there, go to Terralesia. It was like, oh, no, Terralesia. Never mind. No, it's, it's it's no good. Right. So I mean, Michael at least says it in the first episode, where she says, "Is this Terralesia?" And they say, well, "I don't know what you mean." And and I thought to myself, well, maybe it still could be, but they just don't refer to it as such. Like, is that just something that Michael and them know it as? But the fact that Michael addresses that in the next episode or two episodes later, and she says, "I contacted Terralesia." They never heard of my mother. I thought so. Terralesium is out there. Yes. But it was. It did not. It did not occur to the Discovery crew to say we need to get to Terralesium. You know, like we so, agreed upon before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seems like it's being. I, I'm 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 slightly concerned that it's being glossed over. I'm just I'm hoping they don't kind of forget like, about it completely. Yeah. Because it's one of those threads from season two that you need to kind of continue with so right yeah right um how did you like the fact that speaking of season two that we got sort of an explanation as to what happened to the suit yeah well it was no new information really no but so when we first watched the first episode of the season we were like why did she destroy the suit i remember saying when i watched it again i said oh she destroyed it because she had that was to admit that was to emit the last signal yeah yeah but I don't think you had to destroy it to emit the signal. I, I mean, I don't I know. know. It all doesn't matter. But I, it's not a real <clears throat> suit, so I don't know. <laughs> well, they didn't. Well, what I mean is, Michael did not indicate that it was necessary to destroy it. You know, right? So, right. Again, it's just a logic. Um, yeah. Right. All right. So we get to see Starfleet finally. We finally get to see Starfleet. Uh, it's been what do we had four episodes in coming now. Um, and it was nice. I mean, I liked that scene of them just sort of... And and that was kind of the scene I wanted with them, sort of like seeing all this futuristic tech in front of them and just being like amazed by what they're seeing. I enjoyed that too. And even some of the, the visuals were cool. There was that ship that seemed to have like a forest on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was all yeah. very cool. The, the thing that I wanted to see... I wanted to see more of the ships themselves. I didn't get a good mm. sense of what we saw as to what the ships really sort of looked like, and I wanted yeah. to get a sense of that. Was that the Voyager? Well, I don't know. I don't okay. think so. No. Um, before I get to that, though, so one thing that somebody, one of the crew, things that one of the crew members points out is that w- one of the ships within H- uh, HQ is composed of neutronium. Now, neutronium is the same fiber that composed the planet killer in the Doomsday Machine that the Enterprise could not blast through. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That just, yeah. That's, um, yeah. yeah. So. Neutronium, organic hulls, slightly, holo- you know, some holographic stuff going on over there. Mm-hmm. They said new Constitution class starships, and then right in front of us is the USS Voyager NCC seven four six five six J. So, um, no, I, if Starfleet's <laughs> following the same logic as I have before, like with the Enterprise, then mm-hmm. that's not the same. What was the letter designation? J. On? What was the letter designation on the original Voyager? There was none. It was okay. The first. I've got yeah. it. So this is yeah. however many letters J is. Yeah, they, I think Tilly said it's like 10 generations, and then Owo corrects her and says 11. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it wasn't the... You know, some article I saw, I think it was Inverse, had said, like, based on the way they're describing it, maybe it is the same ship. And I thought to the myself, like, that's not how it... The same. Yeah, I mean, the, the saucer sort of, but we still didn't really get a good look at it. Yeah, but so. it had that almost, like, arrowhead, rounded yeah. arrowhead kind of yeah. shape. I do wonder if it's going to come back at some point and be commanded by a descendant of Captain Janeway, <laughs> played by Kate Mulgrew. Because, yes, we all know the way Trek works. When you're a relative of somebody, you're played by the same actor. Or you're that person old, you just yeah. put gray hair on them. The other ship that was in there that may have escaped people's view was the USS Nog. Oh. Eisenberg <laughs> class. That's fun. A nice tribute to Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah. So that was nice. So, yeah, it was a good scene. And then, of course, as soon as they get into Starfleet headquarters, it's not as great as we think it is. So. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to say, maybe this is jumping ahead a little bit. 
But just on the burn itself, because they want to know what's going on, what happened, you know, why, what is the burn? I'm still feeling like everybody in this universe is treating the burn like it just happened. <laughs> like they, as if they all lived through it themselves. Yeah. Okay. It's a hundred, hundred and fifty years ago. Right. That's like two generations, maybe. Yeah, but it does sound like yeah, they're like. It was sounding like a very active investigation. It does. We're it does. working on it. We got a bunch of theories. And it's like, I was trying to think of something. You know, you're a history teacher, right? I am. Like, well, I wasn't asking you if you were. I knew you were. <laughs> um, like, something that happened 150 years ago. Yeah, well. Right. Would we still be feeling the ramifications of something like that? You know, well, I mean, I mean depending on what it is. Yeah, right? if, it were the yeah. Big, if it were like the asteroid that took out the dinosaurs yes if it were yeah maybe I'm asking this well let's think for us about 150 years ago yeah the year 1870 yeah so uh, yeah I don't know westward expansion uh, end of reconstruction yeah yeah we're all still scarred from those experiences well end of reconstruction yes because that was when they were when the northern troops were in the south enforcing I mean, you make uh, a good point. Like, it's probably just the 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 size of the the you know, the, the yeah. Imagine the, like how if cataclysmic it was. Hiroshima but, and Nagasaki, you know, like nuclear bombs going off. Imagine that happened in every city on Earth at once. Yeah. But I think it's you know what it is, but like generations coming up after that wouldn't have any sense of that because they wouldn't they weren't there to experience it before. So like they're right. born into what they know. Yeah. So it's not like they would have seen what the old world was like. That's very true. Do you know what I mean? So, like, these generations of Starfleet officers are treating it like, you know, we have no dilithium, it's difficult to travel, and they're treating it like it's problematic. Yeah, like, it's it's another, instead of the new normal. Right. That, yes, it's not the new normal. Yeah. Because they don't know what the world was like. That's true, yeah. Before that. Yeah, instead of, yeah, that's very true. They're very uh, committed to that idea that this is not the way things should be. You figure they would have sort of accepted it as a reality by exactly point. yeah because they wouldn't they did not experience the old world anyway. yeah i mean i guess the way things are i mean i guess you know because dilithium is so scarce they know what it's like to travel at warp but you know for example you know my niece my oldest niece she just turned 18 she was born a year after 9 11 yeah and she's so, never traveled at warp no but what i'm what i mean is like she ha- i mean she has no like, she knows what 9-11 is, but she has no yeah. sort of, like, idea, like, what it really is because yeah. she didn't live right. through it. And she didn't get to see what it was like before, what it was right? like after. Exactly. So the character, the people on the show who talk about the burn talk about it as if they all lived through it. Yeah. In my mind... Which I find just very strange. It was more recent just because it makes more sense to the yeah. way people are acting. Yeah. But I like that you say that it's the new normal. Yes. They, they wouldn't... They wouldn't know what it was like before that. Yes. So, yeah, it would just be the new normal. Yeah, they're treating things that would normally be problematic yeah. to the people who were from the old world. To right. Like, it would be like if we grew up and gasoline was so scarce it was like $1,000 a gallon. Right. We wouldn't be lamenting all the time, like, we need more gasoline. Right. We just would have moved on from gasoline. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so it's... Now, I don't... And, I, and again, I don't know if that's intentional. I just find it very... Interesting. So I, I and I feel like it's lead, I'm feeling suspect. I feel like it's leading, yeah, to something. And and yeah. it's a very gray area too, obviously, right? And so that's another thing where I'm not sure if it is intentionally um, yeah. supposed to be a little suspect hmm. or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're behaving as if. They're technically behaving the way Michael, Saru, and that crew should be behaving. If, say, they came into the center with no doubt looking, they'd be like, oh my god, what? Like, they would be treating it as problematic. But they have they, all the doubt looking they need. Well, but they do now. But, yeah. you know, say they didn't. Yes. They would, they would be the ones feeling those effects because they know what it was like to have dilithium in, yeah. you know, constant supply. So And they yeah. don't even need it. Because they have a spore driver. Well, does the spore drive use dilithium? I guess we never established that. It must need some because no. it powers the whole ship, right? I assume. I mean, we've only and we've only seen Discovery at actual warp maybe like two or three times on the show. So they probably don't really need it. Yeah. Good for them. They will. 
Whatever the plot requires them to use, they will have. That's true. Yeah. And if they have to give that to Lithium to all the other Starfleet ships so they can do some big mission, they'll do that. Yeah. So. So we get to meet Charles Vance, mm-hmm. head of Starfleet. Yep. What did you think of Mr. Vance? Well, like I do whenever I go to the movies, if I see an actor who I'm like, who is that? Where have I seen them? Okay. I spend the entire time scratching my head saying, and not even paying attention to what they're saying, yeah. trying to place that actor. See, I don't do that because I know immediately where I saw them. Yeah. Where do you know them from? I never saw them. Oh. <laughs> I really said you knew. Um, I know, so it finally hit me. He was in, uh, it's so ridiculous, but he was in the 1999 film The Mummy with Brandon, Brendan Fraser. Oh, I've never seen The Mummy, see? Yeah. So I'm like, that's where I know him from. Um, wow. No, but otherwise, I thought he, um, yeah, I liked, I thought he did a great job playing the role. Um, I, but again, I was not fully taken with them going to Starfleet and, and needing to earn Starfleet's trust. I didn't, I just, I thought, yeah, but you're Starfleet. Like, this needs to be sort of a happy reunion. And so, like, I guess I wasn't really, I wasn't fully buying it. I know what he said when he was debriefing them. But even so, I just, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I just think that, I just felt like you, you could get your tension in other places. Mm. So. I, I bought it. I bought it. I just I guess I bought it. I just wasn't happy with it. Interestingly, I bought it because of the the silly um, Starfleet regulation that you you have to not talk about Discovery and not talk about yeah. the spore drive. Because I bet you if they had looked and they found all the records and everything's matched, they would have had a very different attitude. So I was slightly confused on that because he said that we have nothing on a we have a USS Discovery is being destroyed. We have nothing that mentions uh, a Red Angel or a displacement activated spore hub drive. Now, okay, fine. But you're an admiral. I would think that what really happened requires some kind of oh, he yeah. could see why security that, clearance exactly yeah, level yeah exactly. So why is he being treated like the people in the 23rd century? Well. Here's one thing to consider, because it is 150 years later. Who knows how Starfleet they really are at this point? Yeah. Starfleet's been decimated. I'm sure it's not... 150 years from the burn. From the burn, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, that left me to wonder, like, how Starfleet are these people, really? Yeah. Because the whole, stru- whole like, um, training and promotion structure must have all broken down. Right. Well... It also makes me wonder, too, because they said that when they're in this, you know, the place they were at, the place where headquarters was located, you know, they had mentioned that it's been like this since the burn. And I thought to myself, you know, what's the point? What are you what are you aiming toward? What are you shooting for? Yes. You know? That's another reason why you think that it would be closer to the time of the burn, because. Yeah. It sounds like, well, we're just still now trying to reassemble the planets of the... It's been 150 years, dude. Come on, man. Let it go or something. Right. So that seemed very strange. Yeah. Yeah. What what do they do day to day? I, I did hear people giving updates on miscellaneous things. They seem to be fighting this crime syndicate. Orion. Yeah, Orion. And, yeah we see them in the first few episodes. Yeah. yeah. And who was the other species? The Emerald Ring. I think it was called the Emerald Ring or something. Oh, like yeah. That. It was the Orions and the Andorians. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess they're doing that. But, like, I mean, they mentioned there's no exploration anymore, and it's probably because they're stuck there with, you know, not a lot of dilithium, but... Exploration is a luxury. At the same time, yeah, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, what is Starfleet's charter at this point? It seems like maybe they're being... I guess they're going back to the basic of protecting member planets. Yeah. And the only it just other... takes them months to get to each planet. Right. And the yeah. only other power seems to be the this crime syndicate. Well, and so he mentioned that they don't have any subspace relays out there, so it's difficult to get stay in touch with other planets. And I thought to myself, and this is where I was thinking, so Discovery gets utilized to go um, find the seeds on this other ship, and we'll get to the details of that in a second. But I thought to myself, well, you've got Discovery... You should have them go out and drop some relays out there so you can at least get your network. Like, it's like installing internet. It's like installing Wi-Fi on all these planets. Yeah, like Wi-Fi extenders. So you sort of get everybody connected. Yeah, they could do that in in a day with the spore drive. exactly. That should be, like, the first order of business, in my opinion. Yeah, that would be pretty simple. Yeah. Maybe first they had to, uh, you know, vet them. Yeah. 
But so when they got to HQ, one of the first things that jumped out at me was they showed a there was a brief glimpse of a map in front of them as Saru, Michael, and Adira are walking in. And the first thing I saw was they actually had a map of the, of the Delta Quadrant. It said uh, Okampa, Talax, and the Kazon, and there was a starbase right there. So, star, so Starfleet has clearly expanded into there. the Delta Quadrant, and those planets I referred to are seen in the pilot of Voyager. Yeah. They visit the Ocampo planet. They don't visit Talax, but Talax is Neelix's planet. Okay. And Kazon are the recurring villains for the yeah, first yeah, two seasons. So, um, you know, when I look at things like that, don't tell me that they don't know their history because clearly... <laughs> I'm sure a hater would say, see, they were all in the first episode because that's as far as they made it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, that was the first thing that sort of... That was the first thing. I, it, it, like, comes into focus briefly, then it goes back out of focus. And yeah. it's like... It's good that they have someone paying attention to those details yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... So when they arrive at headquarters, they find that, you know, obviously they have to f- do some something to sort of gain the trust of Starfleet. And Starfleet's doing what you were saying they were going to be doing, was that they wanted to actually break the crew up, reclaim Discovery, retrofit it, mm-hmm. which surprised me. That's good, though. And they were going to split the crew up, and of course Michael is not happy about this. Updates. Yep, yeah, and Michael is, I don't know, going rogue all the time now. Of course. Yeah. And Saru's not happy that she wants to go rogue. But yes, yes. Yeah. Also, so when they're giving them all the info about, about um, Discovery, they also tell them about the sphere data. Yep, just came back around. And so Saru says the sphere... Oh, no, Michael says it's a benevolent life form that is, like, merged with the ship. Did we know that that was a benevolent life form? They've determined that it is indeed a life form? I think the, I think maybe the sphere itself was, but the data... In, like, with the ship yeah. now? Yeah, I mean, they must, they must have been referring to the sphere itself. Okay, because they did... Yeah. Okay, because I felt like... Yeah. That was a determination I didn't realize that they had made. Right. That it was a life form. No, I, 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 I don't recall what they said in that original episode, but yeah. Got it. Right. And yeah, the sphere data obviously is important again, which we actually thought maybe wouldn't be this season, but given what happened with the computer last week and then this week, it seems like it's going to be playing a much more uh, important role in the season. Yes. So. And at this point, everyone's sort of getting their... Um, they call it a debrief, but it seems more like an interrogation. Yeah. Um, it was actually a pretty funny interrogation montage. It was kind of funny. Yeah. I, I did have one question. Why is it that the character, whose name I don't know, that has the alien with the breather... Nan. Why is it that Nan was doing it as if she was in a hostel... I don't know what the deal was with that. Because she was doing that, like, the military thing of name name and rank only. Yeah, she just kept repeating her name and her rank, and yeah. I think even, like, her serial number or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. No, I don't I don't know what the point of that okay. was. Yeah. So, Reno, of course, was stealing every moment. She goes on, you know, wanting food, which I thought was really funny. Yes. Yeah. That was good. Um, and uh, also um, Stamets saying when they said, are you a, uh, like a vital member of this crew? And he said, have you been talking to Detmer? <laughs> that was pretty good. And then, of course, this brings us to George O. Yes. Which I do want to get into more detail a little bit later. But, okay. Yeah. Um, but makes but really quick, she's being interrogated by a bunch of holograms with a sort of shady-looking guy with big frames off to the side, played, for some reason, by David Cronenberg. Yeah, for some reason. Director of The Fly. He does not dress very strangely. He seemed to have, like, a very 20th century suit on. Yeah, well, and she does ask him later, why are you wearing glasses? Yes. Yeah. Um, Now... Now, why would glasses make you look smarter if no one's seen glasses in a thousand years? Yeah, I I, I, I I had the same thought, yeah. Yeah, maybe um, Cronenberg just is a diva, and he said, "I won't do it with black glasses on." So yeah, they there's a short scene with the two of them right there, and then they go into a longer one a little bit later. But um, yeah, more to come on that because yes, I know so I wanted to dedicate a section to that. So if we could, um, mm-hmm. but so given that they are back with Starfleet, they need to earn their trust. So while they're at headquarters, there's this uh, there are these aliens who are really ill, and they mention that. They're turning basically the corridor of HQ into a triage center. So these, there are these aliens at the sickbay there who are not, who are like dying. There's no cure for the disease that they have. And Michael makes mention that there was a ship, the USS Tikov, out there in the 25th century that housed like different seeds for different plants that we could probably go to to get a, to get a sample of those seeds. 
and bring back a cure. Now, this is obviously the plot of the week because no other starship can actually reach this other ship. Mm-hmm. I did find it odd that this ship, which was in service in the 23rd century, is still in service nearly a thousand years later, but... Here's why I thought that was okay, because yeah. I know on Earth there is this place where they have all the seeds of all the different plants on Earth, and it's they have it in such a secure place, it's like deep inside of the middle of a mountain, Yeah. and it's super secure, and it's just like nothing can penetrate it, so I think it makes sense that they would do something okay. like that in space. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That makes sense. So, yeah, the USS Tikov. Now, um... So, Starfleet, of course, gives them their blessing to go out there and go take a look. So, we get our, basically, plot of the week now, which Discovery is doing more and more of, which I'm very happy with. Um, but they've got to do this to basically earn Starfleet's trust. And so, a bunch of, I think, like, three officers from Starfleet come with them. And they go aboard the Tikov, the do their little away mission, which was nice, which we haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And um, so, that, but that one that you mentioned, Nan, comes yes. with them. yes. She doesn't go with them. She comes with them because the people on that ship are her same, are of the same species that she is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I want to say Gungans. She's not a Gungan. <laughs> She's not a Gungan. No. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Right. Exactly. No, we haven't. We haven't. We're Lisa gonna, gonna die, podcast, Michael. Yeah, I don't know why I wanted to. Uh, I don't know why I wanted to say that. They're Barzan. I don't know why I want to say Gungan. Um. So, and she hasn't seen Barzans for quite some time. So basically it's the ship, the USS Tikov, where you have different caretakers over the course of the last millennia. And they just happen to be there when a Barzan family were the last ones watching over the ship. Mm-hmm. So they get on board the ship and they're just these plants growing all over the place. And yep. it's, very, it's like a rainforest within a, within yeah. a ship, basically. And it's very, very strange. But it's, again... Slightly refreshing because we haven't seen enough of like the away missions going into a weird place yeah, on yeah. Discovery. I mean, this is basic classic Star Trek. Yes, this could have been a whole episode. But Discovery doesn't do enough of this. Right. So it's when they do first. it, it means more to me. Yeah. I and mean, I didn't love this one as a whole, but I still like the fact that we got a nice wrapped up story. Yeah. So I mean, what is, so what did you think of that? Well, I didn't love it. I don't know why. I just didn't. It was I was it was confusing <laughs> because the it was. the person there because we had just seen holograms glit hol, uh, hol, yeah hologram when yeah. they were being um, um, uh, uh, interrogated yeah we saw Giorgio made the holograms glitch right so then we see a guy glitching and he's dressed kind of the same so I was like oh it's a hologram but right. it took me a while to wrap my head around what was even happening yeah so I thought they came to the ship in a very I thought it was sort of interesting of what was going on over there, but I got to tell you, like, I wasn't, I wasn't too emotionally invested in what was going on. No, me because like, so I cared more about what was going on back at Starfleet headquarters. Like, I know Discovery has to do this thing to sort of earn the trust of Starfleet, but I kind of felt like, okay, fine. But I don't, me as the viewer, I don't want to spend too much time here. Like, just do it and get back. Yeah, I didn't need the whole emotional arc of it. I hate to say Yeah. It was yeah. almost so, well, so unnecessary. They, so they get over there and they find out that the Barzan family isn't even actually there. Right? There's like a hologram playing and there's a weird melody playing that Michael points out is what Adira was playing last week on the cello, which I thought was odd. Okay. So obviously I, I don't know. Yes. Because so, that melody last week didn't stick out. So I wouldn't right. remember. Yeah. So here is another thing where I feel like they're getting away from the keep it simple stupid. Yeah. And also, it's another thing where it makes me think about Star Galactica. Because remember when everyone was singing Bob Dylan for some reason toward the end of that ser- so, series? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was singing the Bob Dylan song all along the Watchtower in all different places, so then that song became oh, yeah. something that mattered. I don't remember even how. But yeah. it just feels like that sort yeah. of idea. Like, this melody is infecting... I, I know what you mean. Like All over. It's, it's, they're introducing these other mysteries, and I'm just thinking, like... You know, I'm doing motions like no, no, no. Keep yeah, them, like this just was, this yeah. was the problem last season. Just stick to one thing. Well, like they're introducing these other mysteries, but they don't feel like they don't. It doesn't feel important, right? To me. Like I'm just thinking like, wh- if it was so important, well, this one is new, so I'll give them that. But like the mother situation, if so important, why didn't but you, you mention know it? Is, yeah, I, I'm so invested in what's going on overall. Yeah, figuring out what the burn is that I don't, I don't want. 
I don't want anything else sort of coming in, like invading my story. Yeah, like stay unless focused on the melody has something to do with the burn, which has something to do with. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be some. I don't think it's going to be some big gigantic reveal. Yeah. Right. Um, but. But yeah, I don't want them to complicate it. Yeah. So we were, and that's what we were feeling last season. Mm-hmm. So. So now we've added, yeah, the mom and the melody. But let's not forget something. And yet. George O's situation, which we'll get to. But let's not let's not lose sight of something here. So, they they came to the 31st century or 30 whatever century they're in. I don't even I always forget. Um, and it's a one way trip. So I'm. While I have that anxiety of like trying to wanting to stave off all these additional mysteries, like keep them away. Also, I feel like. Well, maybe this could go on into the next season, right? Like things, things in the season could continue on into the next, right? So I'd be surprised. I'm trying not to. I don't want to get too scared that this is all not going to get wrapped up by the end of this season because this this can just keep going. I would right? yes, but but I think that they haven't done that yet, right? And I would be surprised. We yeah. expected it with Picard, and it didn't happen. Right. That's true. That's very true. Um, but as they get on the, the Tikov, they see a hologram of the Barzan family, and we find out that the the sort of hologram that you thought was on the ship was actually the caretaker of that ship who was just in the middle of beaming, and now he's just out of phase. Yeah. Yeah. And the family are frozen in... Yeah, so what had happened was he was on that ship. The nearby... They figure out that the star nearby emitted... I forget what they said. It didn't go super oh, right. but like it emitted some radiation while he was in the middle of beaming. His family died from it, or was dying from it, and he put them into stasis because they find the family in stasis. And the reason why you see all those plants on the ship is because he was trying to grow something to find a cure. Yes. It was very uh, Mr. Freeze from Batman, you know, right. his wife or his girlfriend was dying, so he right. froze her. Which, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, okay, like, yeah, I don't mean to sound dismissive of it, but like, it just, <laughs> I just feel like for me, that did not, I don't know, it just, I don't want to say it didn't feel important, but like, I, I didn't, it, well, it didn't feel important to me at this point, because it just felt like, there's something else happening right now that, <laughs> where I've got my sights focused on. Yeah. That if I now shift over to this. Yes. Like I don't have enough attention for you, guy, and your family. Right. My condolences, but I don't care. I mean. Um, yeah. Here's another thing that I think. I'm sorry. I, I feel bad saying, uh, but really, like. I think there's one thing that I think Discovery doesn't realize. Sometimes it's okay for a mission to just be a mission. Exactly. There doesn't exactly. always have to be this emotional stakes to it. Well, so as we so Culver and Nan come with escort Michael on this away mission to grab these seeds to develop some sort of antidote for the sick aliens back. Which on that's a, fine. That's that, storyline. That's totally fine. Yeah, that makes sense. But so here was <laughs> um, so because they're Barzan, Nan is also a Barzan. And mm-hmm. they realize that 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 doctor on board the ship can't stay there, so so Nan decides to stay behind to continue being the caretaker on behalf of the Barzans, which is fine. I have no problem with that. I, I get it. It's nice. Yeah, it's great. And she wanted to see more Barzan, which I wasn't sure. Does that yeah. mean they're going to come and pick her up and bring her back okay. to the planet? And it's great. No, the problem with it though <laughs> is that. It's very... Uh, I'm going to coin the term. We haven't used this yet, but I think we, we, it's a good time to start. It's very Arium syndrome. Like, in oh, other yeah. words... Because I think it's cool that she stayed behind because, you know, I, I'm a Barzan. I want to fulfill my people's... Yeah, it's great. Sounds good. Sorry, Star Trek idea. The, pro- the, the problem with it is that because we've seen so little of Nan up until this... I mean, she was... You know, she's she, been around. She's been around. She came in in the first episode of last season. Yeah. Appeared intermittently. And yet... Probably had the most to do in the finale of last season, I believe. Yeah, but that was mostly fighting, right? Fighting, but nevertheless. Yeah. 
her emotional goodbye to Michael did not resonate with me because I don't know this character. Right, not at all. Not at all. Not Which, at all. I'll skip ahead a little bit, but... The and she se- mentioned Arian, too. <laughs> yes, me and yeah. Arian, but it's so much. Um, the thing that I... I was surprised that the la- very last scene with Saru and Michael together did work, but that's because we know right. them both very well. We did. They've been through so much. Right. So, yeah, this was the opposite. I, it's funny. It reminds me of, remember that security woman who died in the first season? Landry. Yes. 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 I almost feel like she could I, well, She could be that character for all I know. Well, the thing was, Landry... We only got to know her in the in that episode, Context is for Kings, and she was pretty. She had a pretty substantial amount of um, scenes scenes in that episode. Yeah. Now, in the, but in the next episode, she died right away. But it wasn't like I wasn't like, oh, okay, whatever. I was just kind of like, ah, like yeah. I was like, I wanted to. Yeah. Oh, I liked that her. was the I character. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I was just getting to know Start you. Start to and, build a character. Right, I was just killed. like, ah. I think it, that's the idea, though. You said the Arium syndrome, where it's they're not building the characters to build the characters. Right. They're only doing things for a purpose. So it's like, right. oh, we're going to build up this character so when they die it'll be worth something. Yeah. Where, I just want to see you build characters to build characters because that's what is enjoyable. Yeah, like, it, 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 I thought, now, again, I thought it worked just purely as the character, like, it made sense, I like what she did, but because I didn't know the character that well that moment of their goodbye just didn't you know the way the show seemed to want me to feel just you know the way they were embracing each other with the the, the music they were playing yes I, the thing, I are they close or is this awkward for Michael exactly like okay like I'm not saying goodbye to Stamets Right. right. I, I just I'm saying goodbye to somebody who I've not seen very often. Or you know what's interesting when you said Samus, I thought, what other character would it be? I'm like maybe Tilly. And I said, No, Tilly has now become right. one of the background characters. But here's here's what I think they could be doing. Um, so they they, they offed Arium. You know, that they and not may come back. I can't imagine we're not gonna see her again. But what they could be doing, they could be sort of trying to clear out some of these ancillary characters so they can focus on this person and that person. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't matter either. I, don't, I think they're very comfortable to ignore the characters but keep them there. Right. Well, but we're getting more screen time with Detmer. Yeah, Detmer's got more to do. Um, oh, we only get a traumatized Detmer. But that's okay. Still don't have much with uh, Reese. Oh, yo. Yeah. Oh, yo, a little bit. But... Yeah. It's too bad because when um, but they get, they New get, Eden happened, remember we were very excited, like oh, oh Owo's coming up to the front of the front but, of the pack now. But I will say, I mean, now Owo is not so far has not been critical to the plots this season, but she's at least getting yeah more along the lines of she's other getting, she's bridge getting, crew from past series. Right, she's getting regular dialogue. She's yes. getting dialogue on a recurring right, and so even if they maintain her and Detmer the way they are now. Yeah, I think I'd still be okay with it. Like, but I'll tell you this: if for some reason Owo stayed by instead of Nan, I would have been sad. I'd have been like, "Aw." Yeah, I can't wait more about Owo. Yeah, I would have been like, man. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Never liked Nan. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have to believe we will. I think we'll see her again at some point. I don't think yeah. this is goodbye. Because, and I think part of the problem was that it just it felt so abrupt. Too. Right, and it was probably the episode where she had the most to do. That's why it was very Arium-like. Yes, Arium was clearly just set up to to die in the in that moment. Yes, they did a little bit better with Nan, but so, not much. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So they help the Doctor out. They get the seeds. They get back to the to the Federation HQ, and they manage to help those sick aliens and thus earn the trust of the home base. Yep, Charlie Vance is yeah. accepting them now. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, it's good. I I still wish that they would have, you know, maybe taken on putting out subspace really so they can at least contact these other... Maybe know. that's the next mission. Maybe. Probably not, though. Maybe. But, uh, so then they get to have a little bit more candid of a talk about what's been happening. Right. With the burn, and they... Well, so Charles Vance says... They don't know anything. There's a lot of theories. Yep. 
But they never found enough evidence for any of them to come to the front. And I will mention that on my weekly burn update. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, so we're talking about George O. Yeah. Or, so, or the last scene with Michael and Saru. Okay. So last scene with Michael and Saru. I really like it. Um, I was surprised because, like I said, I have not really been liking Michael much mm. in this season. But when they had that scene looking out the window, and Saru said, we're both looking up. I it actually it worked. I felt a little something, and I yeah. think it's just because Saru and Michael have been together all this time. They've yep. been through so much, so much, and to see where they are, it's, it's kind of crazy just to take a moment and stop and be like, "Look at all that we've been through." Now we're thousand years in the future. And I have to reiterate that I love one of the things I think they've been doing well this season. I may I, I probably mention this every single week, but I'm just going to do it again. They've done a really good job of making the Discovery ship itself relevant to where they are. Because again, the ship's a thousand years old. How do, at this point, how do you keep a ship like that relevant and even strong enough to withhold, to withstand all the sort of advanced technology around? I mean, I know they said that you know it's going to be retrofitted, so obviously it's probably going to have something. Who knows? But they kept it relevant by. Again, it has the spore drive. It has dilithium. Yeah, those are the two biggest. But also, they need to figure out what's going on with the burn. And since they can't time travel, which oh, which is something that we need to mention briefly, you have Adira with all of these past hosts as sort of the key to all that. Mm -hmm. I'm actually surprised. Somebody correct me if um, they have. I'm actually surprised that they haven't asked Adira. Like, she now has the memories of her hosts. Like, Adira, tell, don't, do you know what happened? Yeah, Adira, part of you was there. Yeah. Which is also why it seems more like it only just happened and everybody was there. So why would they ask her? She right. was there, but that doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was strange. But, um, yeah, so one thing I glossed over that I didn't mean to. So when they were getting debriefed early on, one thing that they had mentioned were the temporal wars. Um, the Federation had fought various wars to uphold the temporal accords. The temporal accords. So Discovery's very presence within that time is basically a crime because they were time travelers. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, well, but we How came from the time when it was. How are you gonna know? Right. That's, <laughs> what? Well, it's like not really. Well, fair. it happened after Enterprise, so. It's not really fair. It's like saying, um... But they weren't aware of the temporal wars. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like passing a new law that, I don't know, you're supposed to drive on the left no, side it of is, the road and give people tickets It's for the it. Seinfeld finale, the Good Samaritan law. I never heard of that. It's new. <laughs> yeah, it's new. Yeah. So, all right. I wanted to dedicate a moment on this episode to discuss that interesting scene with Giorgio and... I forget his name. David Cronenberg. Yeah, David Cronenberg. And then the follow-up scene later with Michael. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she's being interrogated by, first she's being interrogated by two holograms, then there's an older gentleman, a silver fox standing in the background with a pair of glasses, which, again, as I said earlier, for some reason, David Cronenberg. And he seems to know a lot about Terran history. He seems to be like a fanboy. Yeah, he's very it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, so I got the vibe of him. He's one of those people that you know, be like, oh, you want me to show you my like Nazi memorabilia? Yeah, it was a very, I, it was a really compelling scene. I mean, I watched the scene probably like four or five times. Mm -hmm. um, and some things that jumped out at me was that he said he was born on First Contact Day, not the actual day that it happened, but First Contact Day, April fifth. He references the birth of the mirror universe as we saw it on Enterprise. He talks about how the Terran Empire fell centuries ago and that the distance between the mirror universe and the prime universes began after George O's departure and that nobody has made a crossover into the mirror universe for over 500 years. Mm. Now, they went to the mirror universe multiple times on DS9. Of course, that's more than 500 years ago. So um, the thing about that, though, is that when he said that the, 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 the distance between them is growing, mm. when I think back to those other episodes, I mean, it didn't... That didn't seem apparent, but, like, even then, even so, like... Yeah, plus yeah. it's another dimension, right? Yeah. So, I think he just means, like, the differences in between that universe and that universe. Like, the ability to go between the two. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I can roll with that. So, now, 
I think this scene is something huge, though, because I think this is where that's the setup for that Section 31 series begins. I think it's in this moment. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be George Owen, David Cronenberg. <laughs> well, so for a while I kept thinking, and I really didn't have anything else to base it off of, but I kept thinking that Giorgio was going to go back to the 23rd century. I think I think I only thought that because I didn't see how that would work if there's no, if there doesn't seem to be much of a federation at this point. Right. There was no Section 31, right? And the idea of starting it up again just sounded weird to me. I don't know why. And the idea of a show Section 31 that's in far in the future. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems. Like it just it choice. didn't seem like there was enough. But I remember saying to you, I think either either on the show or like maybe just in private. I think the reason we were always confused as to why they weren't, they didn't seem to be mentioning the show, the Section 31 show at all. And the theory that I came up with was that I feel like anything they mention, whether it's casting, anything like that, may give something away on this upcoming season, on the then upcoming season of Discovery. Yeah, they had said, like, um, so yeah, if, should be joined by David Cronenberg. Right. What? what? And I then, mean, that then when you see David Cronenberg on the on this, you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay, so this sense. is obviously right. So I think, I think, I think what's happening is I think that maybe both of those shows, Discovery and Section Thirty One, are being written sort of in tandem. Maybe this is going to be like maybe they're going to be interacting no. with each other in some way. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So maybe they're just treading very carefully with what yeah. they right. But at least don't act like the show's not happening because that's what it seems like it's right. going on. Yeah. Well, yeah. The thing I did not like about this scene is that it just added another, like I said, another element to this right. show now that now we have to wonder, well, who's that guy? And what's the shady side of Starfleet that clearly is here? And what did he do to Giorgio? I don't know. I question how important this is to Discovery, though. I, I feel like this is what leads to the Section 31 show, but I don't know if it's going to have any ramifications on Discovery. Maybe. But for now, all it is is I mean, I, a scene I, in Discovery. Right. So. But again, to your point, like, that, this, that melody, it's like, what is the... the mother. Yeah, like, what is... Yeah. What's, what's the end game here? They de- and they deepened the mystery of the burn a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, it... At the end of the day, nothing in this episode felt like it was sort of answered like it 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 moved it moved the needle a little bit but in my opinion not enough like i didn't it moved the needle but then it asked five more questions it did what lost it did what lost used to do like every time lost would answer a question but it would raise like four more questions so the thing that's sort of discouraging is there's this and this has happened a lot but this need to add this sinister side of starfleet always yeah and I feel like that's what this is. Because yeah. that guy's obsessed with the Terran Empire. Mm. He obviously he took Giorgio specifically, because no yeah. one else had any human he wasn't there for anyone else's interrogation. Right. Um he clearly was impressed by her abilities and whatnot. Mm. And clearly he was, wants to work with her in some way. But the part that makes it all question is the scene with Michael where she seems spaced out. And that's not like yeah, her. As if he had like, done something to her. She seems like out of phase or something. She's just totally frozen. Yeah. She sees her in the hallway and then she's just standing there. And she there. snaps out. And, and nobody even in the corridor even notices. And there's so many people in the corridor. She's just standing yeah. there frozen. She seems like she's slightly like out of phase. Like she's like... Like she's experiencing the flow of time differently or something like that. That's what it Right. Or they, like they did something to her where she's... Yeah. Yeah, something. Yeah. I'm curious how he knows all that about the mirror universe. Like, did he travel to the, travel there multiple times? Like, how does he know all that info? Right. Essentially. Or maybe there are files. It's interesting that he knows all that about the mirror universe, but yet the burn. Yeah. And discovery. Yeah. But although we don't know how... Like, we don't know... Who this guy is, what his role is, Obviously, yeah. where he ranks compared to Vance. Yeah. Maybe he's really running the show. Yeah, because that's one of the things she asks him. Yeah, who's really. Who's in charge here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which is weird because there was no indication that he, Vance wasn't in charge, you know? 
So here's something else that is, I think, slightly interesting. I'm going to go into theory territory here. All right, let's do it. Um, the temporal agents that we saw on Enterprise came from the distant future, right? The thing about it, though, is that we never knew what organization they worked for. It was never actually said. Okay. So you think this guy may be part of that? Could, yeah. That'd be cool. <clears throat> Like they mention the war, the temporal, the wars to hold up the temporal accord. Like, and they said that one thing that the admiral also said was mm-hmm. that one of the reasons they, you know, fought these wars and you know why discovery coming into the future was a crime was that it's people coming in, time traveling, and you know doing damage to the Federation's future and that sort of thing. Is the burn Part a of result that. of something? Right. Like Here, that. Here's another thing I just realized. This guy is wearing a 20th century suit and glasses. Yeah. Why you're wearing glasses makes me look smart. Yeah, but he's also like wearing a regular tie and whatnot. So yeah. he's got to be in time travel somehow. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it. I don't know. It's very odd now. I, I didn't even think of could, could he be... Could they be time? Could could the burn be the result of time travel somehow? Right. Just because yeah. he doesn't have a rubber suit made out of tubes doesn't mean he's not part of the temporal yeah. police. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think it's interesting, and I, I really did sort of like that theory that the Section Thirty One show will have something to do with time travel. Yeah. So I think that fits. But I agree with you on the notion that it seems like. This sh- this episode particularly introduced us to, to raise too many questions. It yeah. brought in too many mysteries, Three and that's when ones. you're just like, mm, you begin to get a little, a little nervous. You get a little nervous now, yeah, because yes. no pun intended. <clears throat> but we got burned last season, and so we don't want this to happen <laughs> right. again. Yeah, rush, mad rush yeah. to wrap things up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like you said, they, some of them could be interrelated, which would be fine. Right. The song, the dude. Yeah. The mom. No. The burn. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. But I think over so but overall, I did like the episode this week. I thought it was Yeah, I thought it was fine. I think um it just again though, too just it raised too many questions. Yeah, yes. and it's not. It's only because we're nervous after last season. We are. Yeah. So, and then I'll just wrap up my thoughts, just giving a quick update on where we are with the burn. So, they mentioned that there are conflicting theories, but no hard proof to a sole individual responsible for the burn. So maybe that could feed into what I just theorized. Um, I did wonder if Section Thirty One could have been resp- responsible for the burn in some way. Uh, the Federation never found enough evidence about the burn, and that the USS Tikov, the USS Tikov, inter- in, interestingly enough, survived it. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we got a little bit more, but not that much. Yeah. And perhaps the guy with the glasses knows. That seems to be the, what we're left with, or at least knows something. Yeah. Any news? Uh, no news to discuss this week, no. All right. No news yeah. is good news. No news is good news. So, yeah. we're. I mean, the show's going to be 13 episodes this season. We're almost halfway in. And um, at least seven episodes to go. That's I, plenty of time if you use it economically. Yeah. And also, this. I, I have no doubt that things are going to continue into next season. But you want to have some some kind of resolution on something toward the end, right? You don't want to do a whole series. I don't think it's a good idea to do an entire series with questions because when that happens, you end up with a show like Lost. Yes. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. One thing I do like is that this season, because the mystery is there, but it's not the main thrust, it, it has been refreshing. Yeah. Where... You know, with the Red Angel season, it was very much like that was the the sole uh, 
thing to deal with. Right. So that's all you really cared about. Right. Well, and that's what that's what it seemed like it was going <clears throat> until to be. halfway through. Until yes. halfway through, yeah. But <clears throat> you know, I, there's still the question of Gabrielle. There's still the Gabrielle Burnham thing to deal with. I mean, again, it seems like it's kind of being glossed over and not given enough attention. I feel I feel like it's important. So one would think. Yeah. Yes, one would think. Yeah, maybe Gabrielle did it. Maybe she did. Maybe, yeah, maybe she did. Maybe Michael What did if? It. No, that wouldn't make any sense. Michael probably did it. What if... You remember when Gabrielle arrived in the future and she saw there was nothing left? Yes. Maybe during one of her trips, she caused the burn. That's true. I don't know if that really... I don't know if that really holds water. Yeah. But... Maybe... Burn, Burnham... Maybe they can investigate it and think they figured it out and someone will just walk in and say... Actually, Michael's mother did the burn. They'll all go, okay. <laughs> that would be a good scene. I really, I really, really, really hope they do not do that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I guess we'll be back. Uh, well, I don't guess. We will. What do we know about next week? We will be back next week. Looking right now. And as always, uh, we make available our entire catalog of Star Trek podcasts for no charge. So you can go back and listen to no. all of them. No, please pay us. You can just binge us. All right. So next week is the ep- is. The name of next week's episode is called Scavengers. Okay. Yeah. I think you know what to expect there. Yeah. But the week after that, I don't mean to jump too far ahead, but the week after that is going to be Unification 3. Oh, cool. Which... Who knows what it could be. Yeah. I'm very I'm very interested about what that's going to be like. Now, we saw a little clip from next week. Did Was that book? Yeah. That book was in prison back. somewhere? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I You know, based on the trailer that I saw for next week, I, it doesn't... I don't know if I like... If I'm going to like where it's going. It looked real action heavy. Yeah. Like, I just... Lot, yeah, lots of shoot 'em up Yeah. That's, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But otherwise, we'll see everybody next week. You can follow us on Twitter at Star Trek We Trust, and you can email us at instartrekwetrust at gmail.com. Later, skaters.